Lord. We have just one verse of scripture we'd like to read. If I could get you to stand with me in the honoring of the reading of the word of the Lord tonight, found in the book of Acts, chapter number 26, verse number 28. Acts 26, verse 28. Very familiar passage of scripture. We're all familiar with this passage, but we want to share tonight what God has placed within our hearts with his help. Acts chapter 26 and verse number 28. And it reads tonight, Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Almost, he said, thou persuadest me to be a Christian. You may be seated tonight. Our Bible study thought, one word, almost. Almost. Hmm. How many times have you used that word? How many times have all of us used that word? Brother David, we use it all the time just about when we go fishing. I almost got that big one in. Almost had him. Oh, he spit the hook. He bent the hook. We're good at saying almost. Almost is something all of us have used multiple times. And a few examples tonight we could give. Almost. How many of you said this? I'm almost exhausted. Anybody ever said that? <laughs> that means we got a little left, I guess. How many times have you said this, Brother Joel? We almost won. <laughs> uh, if it wasn't for that air, if it wasn't for that guy's double uh, play, or if it wasn't for that uh, extra base hit, we almost won. How many has ever been in a dire situation? I remember as a child, I could say this, that I almost died. I was at a pool party. I couldn't swim one bit. I couldn't swim, Brother David, to save myself. I couldn't swim. And I remember standing, watching them all in the water, because I was kind of chicken, you really, to be honest. I was standing, if this was a pool, I was on the edge, kind of walking by, watching them all, having a good time, and I wasn't paying attention, and... This kid pushes me, there I go. Just so happens that was the eight foot in, and I was probably about, oh, four foot tall. So that didn't do me a lot of good. I was four foot shy from touching bottom. And so when I went in, I remember thinking, this could be it. I was just a little guy, but I remember my mind thinking, I'm done. I'm done. I was scared. Oh, but God wasn't done with us yet. He wasn't done with us yet. And I opened my eyes. I'd swallowed some water, and I was underwater. All I saw was a foot, man. I seen them toes, and I grabbed on. Yanked, they went down, and I came up. <laughs> All I know is I almost drowned. I almost drowned. Coughing, sputtering. So we think of that example. How about this? I almost did it. Well... That means you didn't do it. How about this? It's almost done. Well, that means it's not done. It's not ready. How about this? I'm almost sure. That means you're uncertain. Oftentimes we use this word almost, and it's referred to, and this is my definition. This is just me putting thoughts Almost meeting, it means almost not meeting the standard 
or incomplete. Not meeting standard or incomplete. So, it takes me to, and I'd like to share something with you, a, a story I heard of a well-known minister. If I mentioned his name, many of you would know him. But he tells a boyhood story when he was in grammar school. I believe he said he was in the fourth grade, and he was struggling. He wasn't a, a, an A student yet. He was one of those. He was. I don't know if maybe you were like this. I, this is how I was. I was just trying to get through it. Because I was over it. And I believe this brother was telling his story. He was kind of over it. But then he tells a story. He was struggling in spelling. He couldn't spell very well. And so his mother started working with him. And she told him, she said, Son, if you will study all these words, they had a big test coming up, and if you spell every one of these words, and I'll... I, I, this might share a little bit. This was back in the, in the early 50s, late 40s. So this goes back a ways. So it kind of tells you. And uh, so she said, I will give you a dollar. I'll give you a one dollar bill if you get every one of your words spelled right. Now back then, that was a, that was a pretty good amount of money. Pretty good amount of money. And she said, I'm going to give you a dollar if you get every single word on your test, you spell it right. And so he said, I studied and I studied and I studied and I studied. He said, I got my sister to help me. She helped me and I went through all my words and I had it all down. He said, I was ready. I went to my test and my mind went blank. <laughs> Anybody ever had that happen before? Oh, I, I could tell you so many times. <laughs> Something about that pressure. You've got 30 minutes to do this. Oh, you just sunk me right there. <laughs> you put a time limit on me. And so he said his mind just drew a blank. All the studying he had done, and it come crunch time, test time, and his mind was blank. And so he began to concentrate, and so he just started writing. He started going to town, started to, and, and doing all of his words. And he said he thought he'd done okay. But in all of his words, and he said the word which I don't recall now from the story, but he said, and he even spelled it wrong how he spelled it. He remembered. <laughs> that stayed with him. <laughs> there was a dollar on the line. It stayed with him. And he spelled the word, one word, wrong. And afterwards, he, the teacher comes around, passing out all the papers, and of course he got an A, but it wasn't a perfect paper. And he said after class, everyone's gone, he sit there and he said to his teacher, he says, couldn't you give me the test just one more time? He said, he said my, my, my mama said that she would give me a dollar. If I got it all spelled wrong, uh, right, and, and I've spelled this one wrong, could you give it to me over again? And she goes, quiet there, and she just looked at him, and he almost felt guilty for asking the question. As she looked at him and studied him, his motive, and studied his expressions, she said something that would stay with this young boy who would become a man, who be called, he would become a preacher, an evangelist, and a well-known minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And she looked at him in the eye after a bit of time, 
And she said these words. Almost is always wrong. Almost is always wrong. In our reading tonight, we read about a king who the Apostle Paul was witnessing to. Paul was being tried. Actually, he was on trial, but he used his opportunity to witness to this king named Agrippa. As we have read tonight in Agrippa's response to Paul's words, when Paul was very convincing. You see, when you've got something good, when you've got something good, we've got the best thing there is. His name is Jesus. When you've got something good, it's easy to sell. And so Paul's words actually fell upon King Agrippa in such a way it reached his heart. It reached him where he was. And it stirred him. How many times have we been stirred? But it's not enough just to be stirred. We need changed. We need changed. Agrippa was stirred. The words of the apostles stirred him. But then we read here, he says, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. The word almost as an adjective, and, and I, I just want to I just want to kind of describe, and when we gave some illustration of, of almost and some examples, and we talked about how that uh, basically you're coming up short. In the illustration of our story, almost is always wrong. We almost spelled that word right, but it wasn't. It was wrong. When we think of the word almost to us. When it comes to our soul, I hope we don't say, I almost was ready when Jesus came. I hope we don't say, I was almost ready to meet God, but when he came, I was left behind. I hope we never, ever say such. But he said, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Christian being a follower of Christ, the Messiah, Jesus it means to consecrate to an office or religious service as an adjective relating to professing Christianity or its teachings as a noun, a person who has received Christian baptism or is a believer in Christianity. That is your definition. We could then say the de declaration of the Lord Jesus Christ in the book of John, chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. When Nicodemus came to Jesus by night, Jesus didn't beat around the bush, church. He just went straight to the point. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Jesus, though he was very good at telling a story, parables, how he would share a message and relate it, to the people that he could reach their heart. He was very direct in what he had to say. 
Jesus was never one to beat around the bush. I believe it's important today when it comes to our soul that we do not beat around the bush. I believe today it's vitally essential that we go directly to the source as Jesus did here with Nicodemus. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water and spirit, he can't enter. Friend, it's vital tonight that we realize the importance almost won't work when it comes to salvation. Almost will never work when it comes to your eternity. Almost I made heaven my home. Friend, you know what that's saying? That means like a fire has become your eternal home. I don't want it to be said almost, Brother Rod made heaven his home, but I want to say tonight, I've got a heavenly home and I'm on my way. I've got my mind made up. I'm standing on the word of God. I've got a foundation tonight that is sure. Stay on the foundation. Build off the foundation because only the foundation will your building stand the storms of this life. Mm, that's the only way it will stand. We realize also that Jesus didn't stop with his command or declaration rather to Nicodemus but he said in his departing he said some also some words in Luke 24 47 he said that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name in Jerusalem beginning at Jerusalem he went on to say in Matthew 28 19 he said what did he say everybody know it? come on help me say it tonight Matthew 28 19 there we go. Come on. Teach all nations. Them. Hmm. Okay. Let me ask some questions tonight. You are smart people. Brother Willis, is father a name? No, it's not, is it? It surely is. Surely is. Sister Angie, a son a name? No, it's not. Brother Cameron, what about the Holy Ghost? Is that a name? What would you say these are? Would you not say these are descriptive words? Adjectives? Mm-hmm. Okay. The command that was given in Matthew 28, 19 is no different than in Mark 16, 15 or in Luke 24 as it was when Peter would stand up in Acts 2.38 and declare, Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. So let me ask you a question tonight. If you almost obeyed the book of Acts, and what the apostle Peter, who was given the keys of the kingdom by Jesus himself, in the gospel of Matthew chapter 16, would almost be good enough? No. No. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be good enough. Almost, as Agrippa said, thou persuadest me to be a Christian. When I think of those words, they are haunting words to me. Because I think of a man that went to his grave that never followed through. But his last words were almost, thou persuadest me. You almost convinced me 
you know, I hear what you're saying. I believe there's, there's merit to what you're saying. In fact, I really believe what you're saying is true. But I'm not ready yet. How many times have you heard people say, I'm not ready yet? I've had several people tell me those words. I remember my own self. There was a time I felt like, well, I'm not ready to do this yet. Haven't we all made that? We've, we've expressed it, every one of us, at some time or another. We've expressed that. So, when will we ever be ready? That's a good question, isn't it? But how many realize the coming of the Lord is very close? And it lets us know that we don't have a long time to make up our minds. That right now, as the Scripture says, today or now is the day of salvation. It's now. It's not next week, month, or year. Now is the day of salvation. I would hate my words to echo in eternity in my mind that I said, almost I become a Christian. Almost I was baptized in Jesus' name. Almost I received the gift of the Holy Ghost. My friend, almost will never be good enough. As that preacher who related his testimony about all this effort and studying he had and made effort to get a complete 100% on his test, his teacher's words would echo throughout his life but would cause him to become a studier of the Word, would cause him to be one of the most known Bible teachers and preachers of our time. He would become one of the greatest apostolic preachers and still is today, up in years. He's still a faithful man of God. Some call him the walking Bible, Brother Johnny James. He never forgot that lesson as a young boy, and it changed him. Brother Johnny James now would be able to go, and you hear his testimony. He'll go and he'll speak to anybody, doesn't matter who it is. Heard a testimony where he spoke to a Muslim man in an airport, and he began to witness to him and his words, and I love this. He said, my book's better than your book. And it almost created a fight. <laughs> until he began to explain to him. And before it was all said and done, the testimony, his testimony that he gives is this. Before it was all said and done, that Muslim was no longer a Muslim, and he was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of his sins. And that man became a leader and also drew 120-plus brothers from the doctrine of, of the Muslim. And he was able to quote verse after verse in the Quran. He knew it better than the man that was reading it. Because way back as a young boy, a teacher told him almost is always wrong. Almost is always wrong. We've got to get rid of the mentality that almost we're satisfied with it. We're satisfied too easily with almost. Man, I almost made it. I almost done it. 
Well, you know, let's be honest. We pacify ourselves with such words, but in our heart of hearts, we're never truly satisfied. We're never truly, and we should not be. We should not be. We sing an old song, and we don't sing it much anymore, but we used to sing, I'm running, trying to make 100. Why? Because 99 and a half won't do. What's it saying for us? It means that unless you give God 100%, He cannot say to you, well done, thy good and faithful servant. That means we got to run 100%. You say, well, that's an awful lot to ask. It is. But when you're willing to give all, God gives all to you. I love Brother Wilson's quote of this time and time again. I don't know who originally phrased this saying, who originally said this saying. But the saying goes, and I agree 100% with it, it's easy to serve God hard, but it is hard to serve God easy. My friend, if you put your whole heart into this, you can do it. Anybody can do it. Why? Because God's grace is sufficient. His grace will take you through. His love will surround you and enable you to do. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, our strength is not our own. It's given by God. God gives us the very strength that you and I need. I thought of some examples in the book of Matthew, chapter 24, where Jesus gives an account, verses 37 through 39. He refers back to the days of Noah and how when the flood came. And let's read. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. You see, it wasn't good enough to say I almost got in the ark. I walked up the plank to the ark and looked inside. There may have been a few that did and laughed and scorned, and said, you're a crazy old man. It's never rained. Read it. The Bible says it hadn't rained. It was the dew or the mist from the ground that watered the earth. It had never rained up until the time of the flood. They thought, you're a crazy old guy. People are still saying the same thing today. You preachers are crazy. I had one man tell me one time, <laughs> he said, that's too theatrical. That was his word choice. That's too theatrical. I'm not playing at the theater tonight. I am not playing a game. This is my eternity. This is your eternity. We're going to spend eternity somewhere. And if our words are the words of this King Agrippa almost, that means we've been lost. We made reference to this just a few nights ago. But the old song... And it's, it stayed with me since I saw that movie, The Thief in the Night. I wish we'd all been ready. I wish we'd all been ready. The sun has come, and you've been left behind. The illustration in Matthew 24 also go, goes on to say, Brother Joel, 
He goes on to say this about there were two in a field. One was left and one was taken. There were two women grinding at the mill. One was left and one was taken. He gives the illustration about the good man of the house. If he knew when the thief would have come, he would have prepared and been ready. But the thief never announces when he's coming because he wants to catch you asleep. He wants to catch you off guard. He wants to catch you not ready because if you're ready, you can fight back and defend and overtake him. But if he can catch you when you're asleep, if he can catch you when you're away, if he can catch you when you're not prepared, my friend, he's got the upper hand and advantage over you. But the Lord warns us and tells us, and it reminds us, my friend, almost is never going to be good enough. Almost will always be wrong. Almost will cause us to lose in the end. God help us tonight that we've got such a mind that is made up. Almost is not good enough for me anymore. Almost is not good enough. My mind goes to another passage of Scripture. And I'd like to go to the book of Daniel, chapter 5, verse 27. Daniel said to the king, Belshazzar, Thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting. Wanting. Verse 22, Daniel would said, O Belshazzar, hast not humbled thine heart, though thou knewest all this? You see, because Belshazzar had a dad whose name was Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar also was a very proud man. Well, God had certainly given him the power, the ability. He had conquered all the known world. Belshazzar defeated every army. He defeated every land. He was the king of that time of all the kings. He would be the statue of the dream the head of gold. He would be the supreme. But in the midst of all of his reign, if you recall, there came a time in his life when he stands and goes to his balcony, and I picture my mind as he opens the windows, or it was an open balcony, I don't know, he looks out and he sees the beautiful hanging gardens. He sees all the beauty, and he says, Is not this... Mm. This kingdom I, I have built. Church, we are nothing without God. If we succeed in life, remember who gave us the ability to succeed. If we do well in life, remember who blessed you to do well, who gave you the wisdom, who gave you the strength. Remember where that came from. He did not. And because of that, his mind of sanity was taken from him. He became like a wild beast. For a space of about seven years, he was in the field like an ox or a cow grazing. The Bible said that his hair grew like eagle's feathers. 
his claws, his fingernails become claws, and he grazed like a wild beast until one day when the time was fulfilled, God once again opened his understanding. And Daniel makes this reference to his son. You're the son. Don't you remember what happened to your daddy? What he was saying? Don't you remember that when he got proud, what happened to him? Belshazzar, your kingdom's been weighed. You've been tried and you've been put in the balance and you are found wanting. Now your kingdom has fallen and you will fall. He goes on to say, this night your life will be taken. You see, almost obeying the word of God will never accomplish what you really want. You can try to serve God part way. You can serve God that it looks good in the eyes of men. But God's looking in your heart. God's looking upon your heart tonight and mine. Almost doing it right is never going to be good enough for God. Your employer, if he asks you to do something and it does not meet standard, your words or excuse of almost will not be satisfying to him or her. How much to the Almighty God when he says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That's why it's so important tonight, we realize. When the Word of God tells us something, it's not a dictatorship. It's not God being cruel. It's God being loving and giving you an opportunity, a way of an escape. There's a judgment that's been pronounced upon this world. There's a judgment that's been pronounced upon the God with the little g of this world. There's a lake of fire that has been prepared for the devil and his angels. This whole world has been condemned and it will melt with fervent heat. According to the Apostle Peter, chapter, uh, 2 Peter chapter number 3 talks about that day that will come. In another illustration, we read about a man in the book of Judges chapter 16, and verse number 20. This man had great strength when the Spirit of God moved upon him. He'd done feats that was just amazing. He went to a city, I believe it was Gaza. Now, if you've looked at ancient cities, their iron gates were first some of the best wood, the hard wood overlaid with iron. They were massive. Tall, wide. In the middle of the night, he picks them up, just rips them right off their hinges. Carries them about, I don't know, a mile, two, three miles, what it was. That's a pretty good distance. Carries them on his shoulders and throws them over the hill. In one time, with the jawbone of a donkey, kills 1,000 men who was armed with spears, swords, and shields. Think about catching 300 foxes and tying firebrands fire to their tail and letting them go. Now, that's a feat. So all the things that were done, time and time again, Philistine soldiers would come. One time a wedding feast, his own wedding, and the riddle, and you know the story. The riddle that was told, he told, about the lion he'd killed, and how that they got after his wife and said, hey, we're going 
We're going to do you in. So same with your dad. If you don't find out the answer to that riddle, we're not going to give the 30 changes of garments. You better find out what the answer is. And she cried and cried and cried. Wore him down. He gave her the answer to the riddle. And they gave him, and he went out and killed 30 Philistine men, soldiers, and took their tunics, brought them back. Here's your clothes. He done all these things. Why? Because from his birth, there had been a vow of a Nazarite that had been placed upon this child. Before he was born, the angel said to the wife of Manoah that the vow of a Nazarite, he would drink no strong drink, nothing from the vine, his hair would be uncut, he would be the, uh, have a Nazarite vow, and God would use him to deliver Israel from their enemies. But it was at this sad occasion, and see, there's a saying, one of many that my grandfather used to say. He said, you play with fire, you get burnt. Samson had played with fire so many times. I hope tonight you're not playing with fire. God sees the secret places and he knows our hearts. Samson played with fire. And the time came when finally, it took three or four times, but finally he gave in and told his secret. And like Delilah did, Satan tries to do to us, lulls to sleep. And while he was asleep, his hair was cut from him. He did not know. But then, when she said, Samson, the Philistines be upon you, He shook himself. I'll go out like I have before. I'll go out there and take care of them, Brother Parker. Just like I've whooped them every other time. I'm going to whoop them again. He did not know that the Spirit of the Lord had left him till it was too late. They grabbed a hold of him and cruelly put out his eyes, chained him, made a mockery of him, took him in the house of Dagon. And there, there they praised their God, Dagon, their enemy that they have subdued. You see, he had it made. We've got it made tonight if we'll just follow the Word of God. We've got it made if we'll just obey the Word of God. But almost obeying will never get the results. Complete submission is what God demands. Are we willing to give completely tonight? Are we willing to be fully submitted to Him and His Word? For almost won't be good enough. Never. The echoing words of King Agrippa, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Tonight you need to do this. I must do this. We all must do this with our whole heart. God doesn't want a little bit of you or me. He wants every bit of us in our lives. And if we are willing to give him all, as we sing, I surrender all. If all is what you ask of me, I will not withhold. If we'll give him all, then he has prepared a place for you. He said, there where I am, you may be. 
also. Church, what a day it's going to be. What a day it's going to be. That day is rapidly approaching, and this is so real. This is not something that we make up. This is not a fairy tale. Folklore, this is real. This is real. There is a real heaven, and there is a real hell. And it's nothing to take lightly or joke about. Our eternity, where we're going to spend it, will determine upon what we do or what we don't do. I almost went to the altar. I almost repented of my sins. I almost got baptized that night. I got so close, I almost got the Holy Ghost. My friend, when the Lord comes, almost won't stand. And almost won't get you or I, either one, to hear him say the words, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee rule over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. As we close tonight in this Bible study, a very solemn thought, and it should be. It should be. Because this is eternity we're speaking of. This is our eternity. This is your soul. It's nothing to take lightly or joke about. I believe as Brother Willis recently made a mention concerning a man who was a specialist when comes to working on air conditioning units and so forth, he told his son, I believe it was, that went to Sunday school and heard about hell. The dad's joking comment, well, I'll just work on the air conditioner, son, and we'll be okay. And so many words. But the reference was about hell taking it lightly. We cannot joke about hell. And my friend, we should not joke about heaven. I've heard people say, well, all my friends will be down there. Well, I'm telling you one thing. The Bible says down there, there won't be no partying going on. Oh, there'll be a lot of noise because the Bible says there'll be weeping and wailing and the gnashing of teeth where the fire is not quenched and the worm dieth not. The mind that will go on throughout eternal with thought, I almost was ready when Jesus come. Almost is never right. Could I get you to stand tonight?